Welcome back to the Sex Mancers Podcast. Ladies, what if your problem is your man's just clueless? I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. I've got the look that drives a girl's wild. I've got the mood that really moves them. I said chill up and down their spine. I'm just a sexy boy. I'm not your boy toy. Welcome back to another episode. Hey, you people, you listeners are awesome. I mean, I've been checking out the number of you listening, you know, taking a look at the download numbers, and it is incredible. Uh, you are quickly making this my most popular podcast. Uh, whether, you know, we're talking about my political podcast, my entrepreneurship and, you know, family podcast. Hey, this one you have made in short order my most popular podcast. So this is the one I'm going to be focusing on the most. Okay, enough of that. Uh, women, I, I really want to dive in here for just a moment about my advice so far. All right. So if you notice, I've been talking about you taking the initiative, you showing confidence, you aggressively pursuing him, you know, you surprising him by jumping out, you know, of a room naked, you doing a tiger crawl, just going down and get between them and go for that blow job. Now, there is specific reason for that advice. Okay, there is. And what I want you to take into consideration is that the lack of passion that you see in your relationship may not be and most likely is not because of a loss of interest, a loss of attraction. Your guy just may be clueless, too clueless to catch on to your subtle hints. And that's why I'm talking to you about being more aggressive sexually with your partner and being more uh, of the one to initiate sex uh, with the man in your life. Because never attribute to, you know, negative thoughts, what could be, you know, summed up in clueless. The guy's a brick, right? And the younger the guy is, the more of a clueless brick he's going to be. I, and I do got a personal story here uh, to talk to you about just how clueless I have been in the past about, you know, before I had met my wife, there was a girl, you know, uh, Hannah, and I never really got the hint that she was into me. But afterwards, you know, there was a lot of people talking about how, you know, much she was flirting with me, how much, you know, they thought that we would end up, you know, getting together because there was a lot of tension uh, between us, a lot of sexual tension. And I thought I would recount the story because looking back, oh my God, I can't believe just how clueless I was. You know, what a complete and utter brick I was. You know, so uh, I had first met Hannah, you know, uh, shortly after she moved uh, to my town. And, you know, at first, you know, she was just kind of observing off to the side, me and my friends hanging out together, playing the hacky sack uh, outside of the school, you know, in the morning. You know, yes, I'm talking about my teenage years. Okay. 
and she eventually made her way into the circle playing hacky and into more of my inner circle, you know, of friends, you know, my really close, close friends. And I was attracted to her, you know, no lie. And I, you know, uh, pretty quickly had tried asking her out. Well, at that time, she wasn't ready. You know, we didn't really know each other, but I wanted to make my move before I entered the friend zone. Yes, if there was a girl I was attracted to, I was always trying to calculate, you know, especially, you know, just meeting them. You know, how much time to wait before asking them out? You know, because if you ask too early, they don't really know you. They don't really have an interest in you. But if you wait too long, you enter the friend zone. Well, you know, we had entered uh, into that friend zone uh, for a little bit. You know, the attention or the attraction never went away, which makes it all the more interesting about how clueless I was about her uh, feelings towards me, you know, considering how I was head over heels. And maybe it was because I was head over heels with her for a while that created such a blind spot for me on some of the things. So we had hung out uh, quite a bit, you know, almost on a daily basis, you know, uh, along with uh, other friends. And we were constantly, you know, going all over uh, creation, you know, together. And, you know, there were times when, you know, we may enjoy a little flirting, we would kiss a little bit, but then nothing really, you know, nothing really became of it. You know, it was kind of one of those off and on things. And, you know, I had asked her about it once and she had just stated, you know, well, she didn't want to risk the friendship, right? She didn't want to risk the friendship. And so I took that as the final, you know, say that the friendship was way too important to her to ever risk becoming emotionally involved. What I didn't realize is that at some point something changed. And because I had, you know, thought about, I knew her, I knew her thought process, I knew it was never going to happen, that it left open all this blind spot, no matter how attracted I was to her. You know, and so, you know, some of the things that had changed is, you know, we would be. You know, uh, or I would be out and about, you know, maybe at a public library or, you know, up at the grocery store, you know, having bought a little snack, eating on a bench outside. And every so often, you know, we would uh, cross paths, you know, when we weren't expecting uh, to be hanging out. And, you know, there would be certain things like she would see me, she would call out my name, I would look, and then she would flash me her boobs. That should have been, you know, a, a first hint that something had changed, the fact that she was, you know, wanting to show her boobs off to me, okay? But that was a little too subtle for me, right? I, I wasn't picking up. I just thought, oh, you know what? She's just messing around, having fun and games. Heck, I don't mind. I enjoyed the view. She had beautiful breasts. All right. So that was uh, the beginning. And you're like, wait a minute. She's flashing you her boobs and, 
for no particular reason than the fact that she saw you and this wasn't a hint, it, it gets a little bit more, right? You'll be amazed at how completely oblivious I had become. And so, you know, time uh, would go on and we would still be constantly hanging out all the time. And uh, one night, you know, she wanted me to pick her up because she was going to stay the night at a friend's house. Now, it was a school night, so, you know, it's like, eh, whatever. You know, it didn't really, you know, bother me any or think anything of it. So I went, you know, uh, you know, to pick her up. You know, and at this particular point in time, I was 16, she was 15. So, yes, I would be giving her a car ride. So I picked her up, you know, and drove her to her friend's house. Well, she was only at her friend's house for five minutes. I never even got uh, back out of the driveway when she came back out and told me, oh, apparently I can't stay here tonight. And I'm like, what? I, you had plans to stay here tonight, and they waited until you showed up to tell you you couldn't? You know, never thought to give you a call? And she was just like, yeah, I, so I, I can't stay here tonight. You know, and, you know, then she said she didn't want to go back home and asked if she could just stay at my place. Well, I had no problem with that. And my parents had never uh, given me grief in my teenage years if I had a girl spend the night. In fact, my mom, you know, uh, when she would, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, looking for clothes to make a full load of laundry would come walking in my room in the morning, see a girl in my bed with me, just kind of roll her eyes, put the clothes in the basket and leave. Now, you know, of course, yes, in, you know, high school, my teenage years, I did my own laundry, but sometimes she needed something to justify, you know, a full load. All right. So, so I knew my parents wouldn't have a problem with it. So I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. Wouldn't be the first time, you know, so she had come over to my place uh, with me and we sat up, you know, and we talked a little bit, you know. Uh, various topics. I don't even remember, you know, what that conversation was. And then eventually, you know, she looked at me and asked, where was she going to sleep uh, that night? You know, where was she going to sleep? Now, let me see here. She was supposed to stay at a friend's house, but apparently they couldn't call her to let her know plans change. So she couldn't stay there and ended up staying at my house, asking me where she's going to sleep. Yeah, the story doesn't go the way you think it does because I was oblivious. And I thought about this for a moment, and I'm like, well, the only two options uh, that I see here is you could either sleep on the couch or, you know, in the guest bedroom. Yeah, that probably wasn't the answer that she was looking for. And so, you know, I, I maybe that's uh, where you're getting a little bit of a laugh from there. But, you know... Part of uh, the issue here is, you know, because I had thought, you know, friends, no chance of anything further, you know, that I started, you know, not seeing any of the subtle hints, you know, the flirtations, the attempts to uh, get with me. And because of that, my responses to those things probably created a discouragement because she was getting the idea that I wasn't interested when the truth was, I was very much interested. I was just oblivious. All right, and so we got to the next morning. 
and you know got up and she's decided oh she wanted to take a shower and so you know she went to the bathroom you know took her a few minutes you know and then all of a sudden she was calling for my name and so i asked her hey what's you know the issue and she's like how do you work the shower now how do you not work the shower but yet that didn't occur to me you know yes you know there's uh, two systems, one knob, two knobs. You know, if it's, uh, and we have the one knob system where you just lift up, you turn left for hot, turn right for cold. It, very simple. You know, but she was asking if I could come show her how to operate the shower. I just stated through the door, oh, yeah, it's very easy. You just lift up, uh, you turn uh, right, you know, or turn left for hot, right for cold. You know, when you get the water just right, pull up on the uh, drink on the stop and it will shoot out the shower now looking back at that chances are she was naked and asking me to come in to the shower to show her how to operate it and I was just you know giving her instructions through the door okay all right then after the shower she wanted to wear my class ring you know she just thought oh this would be you know, funny, you know, uh, or interesting, get people asking questions or some sort where she wanted to wear my class ring, which is normally a sign of people, you know, going out. And I'm just like, yeah, sure. Why not? You know, my class ring floated around quite a bit back then. So, you know, it, it didn't really, you know, it, it didn't really mean too much to me. You know, and yet uh, at lunchtime, she gave it back. I'm just like, oh, Hey, cool. You know, again, she was probably trying to drop a hint. She was probably trying to go, hey, idiot, I want you to ask me out. And I'm just thinking, oh, yeah, you know, she just, you know, had an inconsiderate friend, you know, slept at my place in the guest room and just wanted to, I don't know, uh, confuse some people or get a laugh out of something out of, you know, people thinking you know, seeing her wearing my class ring. Okay. Okay. Now you're saying, well, all of that could still be coincidence, right? Well, that's when we get in uh, to this other situation, you know, her and her friend, Heather. Yes, yes, yes. This is the same Hannah that I ended up in a threesome with, but how we got to that, you know, so, you know, one night, you know, she was just introducing me, you know, to her friend you know, and we were hanging out, and then it was time to, you know, supposedly take them home. But they didn't want to go home. They wanted to stay at my place, right? And I had uh, already pitched a tent uh, outside because I always liked sleeping outside, you know, in a tent, camping out in the backyard, mainly because it was easy to sneak away or easy to sneak people in. Anyways, uh, so was able to pretend like I took them home. I don't even know why I bothered doing that. You know, and then, you know, got back. You know, apparently everyone else in the house had already gone to sleep. And the three of us got in the tent, right? Now, again, because it was Hannah and I had a blind spot, I didn't think anything was going to happen. I didn't even think anything of it. And I didn't know enough about Heather to know whether or not anything was going to go on right and so there it is you know we're just kind of you know laying there you know just kind of 
talking a little bit. And then Hannah takes off her shirt. All right. Well, you know, maybe she's hot. You know, she may normally sleep and, you know, just underwear and or had a fan or, you know, whatever. And here it is. We're outside being fully dressed. You know, sleeping outside in the summertime might be too hot. Okay, she's just taking off her shirt. Then she goes ahead and takes off her pants. So now she's in her bra and panties. I'm still not thinking anything of this. You know, I'm just like, nah, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, she's just getting comfortable and she's just that comfortable around me. You know, and so I roll over, you know, onto my side and I start dozing off. I start, you know, uh, just kind of in that place where you're not quite asleep, but you're not fully awake and aware. And I'm just dozing off. So eventually she probably got the idea that I'm not getting the hint here. I'm not, you know, understanding what is going on. So finally she just goes and calls my name, Jacob, you know, and I, you know, respond half asleep. What? Huh? What? And she goes, do you want to fuck or what? And I'm like, boom, wide awake. Huh? Huh? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. And then that's when she told me the condition is you got to fuck Heather too. And I'm like, okay, I I can live with that condition. Now, now as much as a threesome was, you know, supposed to be fun, you got... You know, Hannah, who didn't seem to really know how to do anything besides lie down and spread her legs. And Heather constantly, you know, shouting, don't look, don't look, don't look. All right, fine, you know, whatever. Now I thought, okay, maybe something in our, you know, relationship has changed. Of course, I didn't know what that was because she was immediately, you know, doing a threesome. Well, the next day, you know, the next day, both of them came up to me individually and asked which one I thought was better in bed. <laughs> oh boy, that you know that wasn't exactly an easy question. You know which one was better: shouting "Don't look" or not being able to do anything but lie there. Hmm, not very easy, but. You know, I told them each individually when they came up to me, oh, you were better, you know, because I'm not dumb enough to say to either one of them, oh, yeah, you you know, the other one was so much better. You sucked. You know, I'm not going to say that. Could you even imagine what would happen if that were the case? So uh, they, you know, both had, you know, gone away, you know, for a couple of hours. And, you know, I'm just like, woo. Dodged a bullet, or so I thought. Well, they come back a little while later, you know, and take me to a place, you know, take me to a house I've never been before. Well, I'd never been there before because it turned out it was vacant and abandoned. And they had broken in. And, you know, they had brought me inside, and there was still uh, plenty of furniture in this place, including a bed. And they had me lie down uh, on the bed. Uh, tied me up, and it was Heather that ended up, you know, jump, you know, uh, stripping naked and having sex. And, you know, again, while Hannah strangely 
was sitting right next to the bed holding Heather's hand. I, I, I never understood that. I never understood why one of them had to be sitting there watching the other one have sex while holding her hand. It was kind of strange, but, you know, hell. You know, I was a teenage guy. I didn't really care. I just thought, okay, they're just going to take turns. Right? So, I mean, it, it is kind of an interesting, you know, little story there. But think about all the things that were being thrown out there as a hint. You know, kind of the, you know, uh, flashing the boobs. Uh, you know, going through, setting it up to spend the night at my place trying to get me to uh, walk into the you know bathroom while she was naked to take a shower, ending up in a tent, stripping down almost completely naked before finally giving up on subtlety, whether you can call that subtlety, and just flat out asking me if I wanted to have sex. I, that you know story alone should tell you just how clueless guys can be no matter how obvious you think you are, right? Now, the cluelessness is sometimes selective. It, it really is. It can be selective. And let me try and explain. So while I was that clueless with, you know, Hannah, and I was that clueless about everything she was doing, and yet her friends, you know, as I had uh, talked to them, you know, years later and kind of, you know, because a conversation came up and someone was talking how clueless I was and they threw Hannah in my face, I talked to some of our mutual friends and found out, yeah, you know, she did like me, but, you know, just for some reason, because maybe my responses based off of cluelessness kind of was a discouragement, nothing ever became of it, right? But other girls... Other girls that I wasn't close with, I wasn't friends with, and, you know, didn't have much, like, um, you know, my ex-girlfriend uh, went uh, at the time, you know, a girl named Erin. You know, we had dated, I didn't get anywhere with her, we broke up, you know, and then how does she re-enter, you know, uh, my life, you know, like six months later? She asks me to take pictures of her posing nude in the cemetery. And there she is, you know, lying naked on top of a gravestone of a person with the last name Beerman. And I'm like, well, you know, what girl asks a guy to take nude photos of her if she isn't planning something, you know, or if she isn't wanting anything? And, you know, we got together uh, later that night, hung hung out, talked, and while uh, we were, you know, in my vehicle, I made my move, put my hand on her thigh, started moving up, and she immediately, um, you know, opened up, you know, uh, her legs and slouched down so that I can get, you know, the best angle to start, you know, rubbing her pussy and, you know, kissing her, right? And, of course, you know, we went off and we had sex that night. Uh, another girl, uh, Kim, you know, she was, uh, Kim was in a relationship already with somebody, you know, she was talking to me. We were, you know, going through uh, a conversation and she started flirting with me. And the next thing I know, we're in bed, you know, and I caught on uh, to the hints that she was making. So what I'm saying is 
you know, a guy may be very perceptive if a girl's flirting with him when he's not that close to her, when he's not, you know, so familiar with her. But when a guy is very much, you know, familiar with you and thinks he knows you, you know, forwards and backwards, like the back of his hand, you know, that thought of ability to predict your thoughts and how and your behavior patterns can leave open wide gaping blind spots, right? Completely, you know, uh, completely blind and oblivious. Right? Another issue here is like uh, with my wife, right? We had met in high school and this is kind of an interesting story in and of itself. See, me and my wife, we dated for a month, didn't really seem to connect, broke it off, and I went around and slept around for a little bit. Right? Well, uh, later on uh, in that same year, probably about another you know, six months or so, you know, I was uh, coming out of the cafeteria for lunch. And she was standing next to Hannah. Now, me and Hannah, you know, especially after, you know, that night of a threesome, you know, really kind of had this back and forth thing going, you know, a lot of tension and a lot of, you know, will they, won't they type of thing. You know, I thought, okay, maybe she was just wanting a friend with benefits, you know, uh, a good friend for casual sex, but not really into that relationship thing. Right? And so uh, Hannah, I mean, yeah, Hannah and uh, my wife, you know, kind of talked a little bit, you know, and this was, you know, before we had started dating, you know, kind of talked a little bit and, you know, maybe hung out, you know, at school a little bit. Uh, and so, you know, my wife, well, what is now my wife, you know, was standing next uh, to Hannah as we were coming out, you know, of or as I was coming out of the cafeteria. And I had been around Hannah enough to know uh, at this point when she is horny. And since we had already had sex once, it wasn't out of the realm of possibilities. And so I saw her, you know, and I went up uh, to Hannah and we started kind of flirting a little bit and, you know, talking about, you know, the things we're going to do later on that night, how we're going to, you know, meet up, you know, where we're going to go, pass by the time, you know, and it was pretty obvious that we were both thinking we were going to end the night in sex, right? So we were talking there, and then, you know, I had to get off uh, to the next class. And so I start pivoting and walking away, and that's when what is now my wife spoke up. You know, we hadn't spoken uh, for quite some time, you know, and... You know, I mean, since we had, you know, broken up, you know, long, you know, time earlier. And, well, I'll, I'll just tell you this. How me and my wife originally met was Heather. Yes, the second girl in the threesome. You know, she was good friends with uh, my wife back in high school. And she, you know, uh, told me that, you know... Uh, I'm trying to keep my wife's name out of this uh, for particular reasons, but she was telling me how, you know, she was uh, tired of being a virgin looking, you know, to have sex, right? I didn't know that was a lie at the time. And so, you know, you know but, you know, Heather was, you know, kind of that way. So 
we went out, you know, we had a good time, you know, we, you know, uh, were going through, but, you know, my wife just wasn't ready for that type of relationship, and, you know, yada, 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 and we broke up after, thir- you know, what, three weeks, four weeks, whatever, didn't really matter, All right, and so uh, my wife was standing next uh, to Hannah now as we were flirting and getting ready you know, to make our plans for the night. And then, you know, I pivot to walk away and my wife speaks up. My wife speaks up and, you know, she goes, why didn't you call me? And I pause for a moment, very confused. And I look at her and my response was just, I was supposed to. Because I didn't remember making any plans, you know, to give her a call or, you know, to talk to her or anything. And she could, and her response was, well, no, but you could have. And I was like, okay, I guess I could give you a call tomorrow night. And she was like, okay. Now that's when Hannah stormed off, you know, uh, she probably thought, okay, you know, um, my wife, you know, has, you know, made her move and she was supposed to back off, but I didn't know that was a move. Right. So again, cluelessness. And so then, you know, I give her a call the next night, very confused, not knowing what the conversation was going to be about. And that's when, you know, my wife made her move to, you know, uh, asking me out and, you know, I said, yes, you know, I, I guess I would give it a second shot. And we've pretty much been together ever since, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's amazing how that happens, but I was clueless. You know, I didn't know, you know, what was going on between, you know, um, you know, Hannah and my wife's opening line. I didn't have a clue really that either one of them was interested, you know, that either one of them you know, would want any type of long-term relationship. And so when you go back and you look at that stories, uh, those two stories, can you really, you know, go through and state that I was very observant? No, you're probably going back looking at or listening to that story and going, how clueless can you be? I mean, my God, she was throwing herself at you and you didn't notice? And yet you were attracted to her? What the hell? But think about that in your current situation, in your current relationship. You know, your you know, husband, your fiancé, your boyfriend, you know, that you've been with for a while, who used to be very perceptive, were a subtle hint and he knew that you were horny and wanted a passionate night or that he knew that you just wanted to spend some time together going for a walk. But now today you drop those hints and he's oblivious. No, he doesn't get it. It it, it is not receiving, right? It's because, you know, he's has a blind spot. You know, that has made him clueless and oblivious because he's gotten around to being able to predict you so much that, are thinking he could predict you so much that he's going towards normal standard patterns of when you were more 
outgoing and more, you know, direct in your communications or he's just going, well, you know, it's Wednesday. You know, she's never wanted to on a Wednesday. So, you know, whatever, you know, that blind spot there. And maybe you've become more and more subtle because you think the longer you're in a relationship, the more he should not just know, be able to read your mind. Yeah. Sorry. That doesn't work. And, what also contributes to being clueless and oblivious as the relationship goes on is that men, if you let them, will get set in their ways. They'll get set in routine and they become oblivious to everything outside that routine. Okay? So just think about that, you know, for a moment here. Now, another way in which a guy can be oblivious is regarding what you do and don't like in bed. You know, maybe you don't really communicate, you know, verbally, you know, you think you're sending clear messages with body language. Like for instance, you're having sex. It is going great. You're feeling great. And then all of a sudden he changes it up and goes to his go-to move, his go-to move. The one that he thinks, drives you uh, up the wall in a good way and blows your mind. And the reality is you hate it. The reason why he's going to that is, well, it worked with his last girlfriend or the last girl he was with before you. It got her off and you haven't told him you hate it. And so each time, you know, you're going through and having sex, he goes to that move and it ruins it for you. Right? And you're just like, oh, my God, you know, and then just kind of oh, get it over with, you know, finish up your fun. I'll just, you know, grab uh, a vibrator later. Right? Are you really communicating directly with him? I mean, there's an old adage about, you know, uh, about women maybe needing to give a guy a map, you know, down uh, to her pussy, you know, showing him where everything's at. And maybe. Maybe that is good, but you need to communicate, you know, very directly that what you don't like, you know, what move, because you may hate it and he's under the impression you love it, which is why he goes to it, but he's just being, you know, oblivious. He's focusing on, you know, doing that move and not necessarily paying attention to how you're responding to it, thinking, well, if you didn't like it, you would say something. All right. So now how do we get past being clueless? How do we get past your guy being oblivious to the hints and messages you're trying to send? Well, there are a couple of ways. First, if what you're doing is not working, if what you are doing is not getting through to him, you know, maybe you're being uh, too subtle, you know, and maybe he's too much of a brick so that even though you think you are being abundantly clear, you need to be clearer, all right? You can start off slowly by becoming increasingly more and more direct about what it is you're trying to communicate and be very direct verbally, you know, be, you know, uh, you know, be more aggressive, you know, sexually. If that is what you're wanting, 
you know, uh, you know, don't be so shy. You know, so you may be, you know, kind of dancing, flirting, and touching a little bit, and he's not getting the hint. You could be more and more direct, but if he's still not getting the hint, just say, hey, I'm horny. Do you want to have sex? I, you may have to be that blunt, that, you know, direct. Now, do you have to do that as your first step, as your first option? No, no. You could start off uh, just increasingly uh, getting more and more direct, you know, uh, with, you know, what it is you're wanting to communicate to try and gauge what his level of cluelessness and obliviousness is, is, right? So you can do that, you know, and trust me, women, the longer you are with a guy, the more comfortable you should be at just being that direct, right? And, you know, when you're doing this, make sure you got his attention when you're talking. You know, not that he's just smiling and going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I, th- there's two things here, right? One, if you, you know, let a guy, he will go to his nothing box. A guy can amazingly go to the spot inside his mind called the nothing box, in which he is completely zoned out, not thinking about anything, just sitting there, relaxing, he could be staring at the TV and not even know what he's watching, right? If you let him go to that nothing box, and if you're trying to talk to him while he's in that nothing box, while he's just in his mind, you know, completely silent and oblivious, he's not going to catch what you're saying. No matter how direct you are, he's not going to catch it. So you need to make sure you got his attention. And this goes especially true. If the guy in your life has ADD, attention deficit disorder, you know, and this is something that I have and I know it very well. And this may be why I don't pick up on, you know, certain things, but with attention deficit disorder, you know, I'm watching TV. My wife could be right beside me, you know, just talking away, you know, telling me a whole bunch of stuff, you know, what's going on with her day, you know, a problem that needs to be solved, You know, she could even be saying, hey, I am horny, strip naked, I want to fuck. And I won't hear a thing. I won't. I mean, she's standing right next to me. And with ADD, I'm, you know, uh, watching TV. I don't even know she's standing there. Right? So just keep that in mind. You have to get that attention. And if he has ADD and he's watching TV, maybe, you know, grab the remote Pause it, stand in front of the TV until he realizes that you're there, right? You know, um, and that, you, and that you, you know, gives you an ability to engage whether he's just focused on TV and oblivious to everything around him or if he's in his nothing box. You know, with AD&D, you can, you know, be so focused on just one thing that you don't have a clue about anything going around you, you know? It is so bad that I could be watching TV, have three kids screaming, yelling, and my wife talking, and I don't hear any of them. I, that's how uh, AD&D can work. So make sure you're aware of that so that you grab his attention first. And that's why I say do things such as 
you know, if you're in the back room, strip naked and, you know, just emerge butt naked in front of him. He will notice that, you know, he may, it may take him a few moments, but he'll still notice that and he'll get the hint pretty damn quickly. Right. So being that obvious, being that blunt, you know, going off and making sure that you have his attention so that he is actually hearing what you are saying. Right? Don't discount the nothing box and ADD being solely focused on something. And don't mistake that for being, you know, uh, a lack of enthusiasm or a lack of passion or, you know, lost interest. Right? Keep that in mind. Secondly, examine if you're giving mixed signals. I, ladies, come on. You give a lot of mixed signals. You do. And this is undeniable, you know, especially if you're over horny, you know, or, you know, you're just for some reason emotional that day. So you may be going off, you know, and you're horny, you're trying to get his attention, but as you're giving, uh, trying to get his attention, you're making snide remarks or you have a mood swing. And so you think you're being obvious telling him that, hey, you're horny and you want to spend some time together that night. Or, you know, maybe you're not horny. Maybe you just want to spend some quality one-on-one -on -one time. And yet because of your mood swings, he's looking at you and your forehead says, fuck off. Right? Seriously, you can almost see women. You know, guys can almost see women with the words, fuck off on their forehead, and yet, while men are perceiving that, you're trying to, you know, half flirt and, you know, trying to signal that you want, you know, to take them to the bedroom, but you keep having these mood swings. Well, if that is the case, he's not going to make a move because he doesn't know whether or not it's safe. He's not going to make the assumption that just because half the time you seem like you want to and the other half you seem like you know, you're just pissed off and want to be left alone. He's not going to make the assumption that you just want some time. He's going to, you know, go off and think, if I make a move, she's going to rip my nuts off. And because of that, he's just going to be like, yeah, I'm just going to stay clear. All right. So examine, you know, whether or not you're having mood swings. Examine, you know, whether or not you're making comments verbally that undermine what you're trying to send to him non-verbally or what you were just trying to tell him a few minutes earlier. Because if he perceives the words fuck off on your forehead, he's going to keep his distance. He's going to walk on eggshells and he's not going to make a move. Right? He wants to be able to wake up in the, uh, in the morning. Right? He doesn't want to be suffocated in his sleep. Okay. You know, now... Do you have uninterrupted uh, time to flirt and drop hints? And this kind of goes with, you know, the mood swings. So you may be, you know, flirting a little bit, you know, maybe doing a little touching, you know, uh, for a minute or two. And then, you know, the kids come interrupt. They drive you up the walls. They're interrupting you. They're trying to drag you off. They're having a fight. You get mad. You start yelling and screaming. And then you come back you know, all pissed off and all that. And then a few minutes later, you know, you're trying to flirt and then you get mad again, you know, at the kids, uh, you know, at something that happened or, you know, you're just an emotional wreck, you know, doing that. 
you know, if you cannot sustain, you know, positive flirting, you know, positive, you know, uh, feelings and, you know, keep the message on target, if you're giving them confused signals, he's not going to risk it. Especially if in the past he got that signal mixed up and you ripped his head off, right? So I know, I know it's not easy being in a happy mood all the time. You know, just, you know, everything is so great. I get that. But if you're wanting, you know, to get some romantic time, you know, in and out of the bedroom, you got to keep the message consistent. You can't be back and forth all over the place. Right? Otherwise, he's going to take what he thinks is the safest course. Right? And, you know, when it comes to it, you know, you just got to examine how obvious your hints are, you know, and whether or not you have his full undivided attention when you're dropping those hints. Now, everything that I've said here, you know, for getting his attention and, you know, communicating with him, uh, being more and more direct. It's not just for getting him in the bedroom when you're horny, but it's also for how you get him to spend more time with you out of the bedroom, going for walks, talking, going uh, to, you know, play basketball uh, together, you know, at the park or going to play laser tag or whatever it is you like to do. Right? You need to keep the message you know, um, focused, on target, and you need to be direct enough that he will understand, that he will grasp it, what you are trying to tell him. You know, that he will you know, make it you know, so obvious that he can't be clueless, that he can't not perceive it. All right. So uh, that is, you know, my suggestions here for if your man is clueless and there is always the possibility, no matter how direct you are, unless you specifically tell him you're horny, you want to fuck that night and to get in that bedroom. I mean, that that is hard to misunderstand, but anything short of that, you know, your guy really could be that clueless. And so gauge that. Become more and more direct about what you want and verbalizing what you want. Not subtle hint, not comments, not body language, direct verbalization of it. And you'll be able to see, you know, your communication and him, you know, actually figuring out what it is you want, you know, become more and more obvious to him. All right. So in the next episode, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about the one thing that you can do to vastly improve your communication out of the bedroom, you know, to uh, go through and take having almost no conversation or togetherness out of the bedroom and just get that skyrocketing. It is something that has saved a lot of marriages that went from them just basically coexisting in the same house you know, you know, kind of unaware or, you know, um, not really paying attention to what each other was doing to being full of communication, talking all the time and deepening that relationship out of the bedroom. There is one thing that is sure to work, right? Even though at first 
it may have some resistance. So that's next week's episode. Hey, if you like the show and you want to be able to help uh, it grow, you want to be able to help you know, improve uh, the quality and being able to make sure that these episodes do not stop, uh, there will be links down below in the show description uh, to Patreon and a PayPal uh, me link uh, if you want to donate and give a tip. Uh, eventually, uh, at the rate this is going, I may need to bring on advertisers in order to give you all the advice and entertainment that you come here looking for. All right, thank you so much. I appreciate your time and attention, and I'll be back again soon.